what's happening in my church and not just my church, but all my people who may not be part of my church specifically, but you are part of the church. Man, shout out to uh, my man, Pastor Tuck and Pastor, and my sister, Pastor Stephanie Tucker, man. So, so honored that they've allowed me to come and share with you today. Uh, really excited to everybody who's watching on you know, my church channel. Thank you for joining us. Uh, of course, y'all know my church is a church of the scripture. So y'all yeah, have the, um, the, the, the affirmation of the scriptures. You know it. You can say it for yourself. I don't know about heart. I know this is my Bible. I am who it says I am. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so, and I, we're going to dive into it to see what God has to say to us. Let's go. Today, I want to talk to you. Uh, there, there's a pair of shoes that, of this, this coveted shoe that either you love them or you're not a fan of them because of how crazy people are about that. And these are these shoes called J's. And so today I want to talk to you under subject, my church J's. That's right. The my church J's. We're going to look at a very familiar passage in uh, the book of Revelation, not the book of Revelations. I'm always tempted to say Revelations, but it's the book of Revelation, book of Revelation chapter three. Of course, we know that the first part of uh, the book of Revelation, there are letters to churches and this particular letter that we're going to read is to the church of Laodicea, the church of Laodicea. We're going to jump, start off in verse 14. It says, to the angel of the church of Laodicea, write, the amen, the faithful and true witness, the origin of the creation of God says this. So whenever, uh, when in the, in the book of Revelation, when Jesus is announcing to John what who he is, he says, okay, John, to this church, to the church of Sardis, say this. Each time Jesus announces himself differently or introduces himself differently. So he says to John, yo, John, to, to the church of Laodicea, here's what I want you to write. Tell him, first of all, who I am. And he gives this. He says, first of all, the amen. The amen, the faithful and true witness, the origin of the creation of God. So here's what you got to understand. If you look at what this first slide says about Jesus announcing himself, he says this. He says, well, these are my points right here. I'm, get, I'm, too, I'm so excited. I'm getting ahead of myself. So we're going to go to these three points. Thank you, slide person, for showing this. So there are three points that we're going to pull out of this, this passage. The church J's, the my church J's. You got Jesus, you got the jab, and you got the jump. The Jesus, the jab, and the jump. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Jesus, the jab, and then the jump. So let's look at Jesus first. Jesus is announcing himself. Here's what he says. If we go to the next slide. Jesus says this. He says, one, I am, tell him the amen sent you. The amen. Now, what is amen if we're looking at this as I'm giving my slide, the cue, the amen, here it comes right here. The amen, what is it saying? Here's what we said. When it says the amen, 
I'm the so be it. Here's what I am. I'm the, I'm the shut it down one. Like typically when you see amen, though it's tough to understand the the translation for amen because what does Hebrew, what, what is the Greek word, the English word for the Greek word amen is amen. But typically you see it when it's like so, so be it, it is, uh, it's over. You know, when something's over, you know, and in you say amen, that's it. So what Jesus is saying, I'm the so be it, I'm the shut it down. After me, there's nobody else. Then he says this, I'm the faithful and the true witness. The faithful and the true witness. Here's what Jesus said. He's setting up, telling them something, but he's telling them who he is. He says, I'm the faithful witness and I'm the true witness. Whatever I'm about to tell you, know that I'm faithful. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be consistent. I'm, I'm going to be true. So this has come from a shut it down person, the so be it, and the faithful and the true person. I'm not going to tell you a lie, Jesus is saying. And then he says this the origin of creation the reliable he says that's what he's saying the reliable but then the next one he says the origin of the creation of god in other words a i'm the beginning of creation it starts with me john one says in the beginning was the word the word was with god and the word was god the bible talks about in colossians how all things were created by him and for him that's jesus that is so Jesus is the beginning of all creation. He starts it. So he is the ruler. He is he's the one to start this whole thing up. So he said, now that y'all know who I am, then he gives them this jab. And you see the jab in verse 15. We go, here's the jab right here. The jab, first of all, he says, I know your I know your works. I know your deeds. I know your works. And here's the thing about your works. Your works or your deeds or the things that you do. He says, I know what these things are. And guess what, bro? Your deeds, they're not hot or they're cold. They're not cold. They're not cold. Neither are they hot. What, what, what is Jesus saying here when he's saying your deeds are not cold or they're not hot? Now, a lot of us, even myself, I've looked at this passage time and time again and thought, hmm, when he says your deeds are not hot or cold, but then he says this. Here, y'all, I wish, I really wish that your deeds were hot or cold. Now, I used to think that when I first read this passage, when I was 19, 20 years old, fired up, had a bunch of zeal, but the challenge with having a lot of zeal early on in your, in your faith, you can have a lot of fire, but not a lot of knowledge. And so that spills over to us, man, the, the, the Bible interpretation word is called eisegesis, uh, not, you know, exegesis when you're dissecting God's word, but you're isogeting when you're adding to you're adding to something adding some, a meaning to it that you don't really realize that you are and so i used to read this passage and say okay jesus is saying you ain't hot or cold what he's saying is you either for me or you against me i want you to either be for me on fire for me or i want you to like make up your mind no no fence straddling 
Is that what Jesus is saying? Is Jesus really saying, yo, I desire for you either be on fire for me hot or I desire for you to make up your mind if you're going to serve the devil, serve the devil. Is that what he's really saying? Let's take a look at these passages. Let's, let's, the first passage I'm going to put up to your screen, I'm not going to spell them out, but I'm just going to give you the address. The first passage is 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4. I'll read it for you. 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4. Listen to this, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4. And I encourage you to grab your Bible and you follow along with me. I'm reading from the New American Standard. It says this. I'll read verse 3 and 4. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior. He's talking about our Savior. And he says this. Our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So what Paul is telling Timothy is that Jesus' desire is for all people to be saved, although people will reject him. And his desire is for all people to come to the truth, knowledge of truth. If Jesus' desire, according to Paul, is that people grow in the knowledge of truth and that people be saved, is Jesus really saying in Revelation when he's saying be cold for you to be against him? According to this, 1 Timothy, uh, that would be a negative ghostwriter. Jesus can't be saying based off of 1 Timothy that he would rather for you to be cold, totally against him. The next one is Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 18. Go back to the Old Testament. Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 19. Yo, don't take my word for it. Open up the scriptures yourself. Exodus, I mean, Ezekiel 18 verses 22 and 23. Read it. I'll read it. It says, all his offensive, all his offenses, which he has committed, will not be remembered against him because of his righteousness, which he has practiced. He will live. Listen to this verse 23. Do I take pleasure in the death in the death of the wicked, declares the Lord, rather than he would turn from his ways and live. What God is saying, like he's asking a question, this is a rhetorical question. Do I desire that, do I, do I take pleasure in, in the, the, the death of the wicked? Or would I rather see the wicked person turn from his ways and live? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if in, in Ezekiel, he's saying that, hey, man, I really desire for the wicked to turn away from their wicked ways and to live for me. He can't be saying that he would rather for them in Revelation for them to be either for me or against me. The last one we're going to drop down here is 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 2. I'm sorry, 2 Peter chapter 3, that is, in verse 9. 2 Peter chapter 3, in verse 9. This is one of my favorite passages. It says, 
the Lord is not slow about his promise. So context here, people saying like, they always saying Jesus coming back. He ain't came back yet. He must not be coming back. And Peter says, man, the Lord ain't slow concerning his promises. His promise, as some count slowly, he ain't slow. Meaning he hadn't come back because y'all think he being slow. But here's what he is. But it's patient toward you, not willing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. What Peter's really saying, he ain't came back yet because he's giving you a chance to get right. Side note, if God hadn't exposed your sin and corrected your sin and put you on blast, he's actually giving you a chance to correct it, to repent from it. Oh, snap. But what, ultimately what he's saying uh, for the context of this message, again, he's saying that the Lord really desires for everybody to come to repentance. So he can't be saying that I'd rather for you to be for me or against me. So the question is, when he says, because you are lukewarm, go ahead and click that, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you are lukewarm, I vomit you out of my mouth. What does he really mean when he's saying, because you are lukewarm? Is he saying, you all are straddling the fence, you can't make up your mind, sometimes you're hot and sometimes you're cold? But you got a mixture on, on Sunday or when you, you know, when you worship in the Lord, when you turn into my church, you act like you all focus on the Lord and love him. But then as soon as you turn my church sermon off or not around believers, you act a certain way so you lukewarm. Is that what he's saying? In order to answer that, let's explain the context of who he was talking to. This is pretty cool. All right, I got a map right here that's going to drop down. This is a church, this is a map. And right here, if you click, I, I'm, I know it's probably hard for you to see if you can't zoom in. So this right here, this rectangle right here is Laodicea. So this is Laodicea. All right, now you've got two well-known, very populated cities that are out on the outskirts of Laodicea. Okay, the first one here, when we click, you'll see this next red triangle pop up. This is Colossi. Right here, this is Colossi, who we know them by as the Colossians. So, Colossians, if you can see the terrain, is up on the mountain. All right? So, it's up on the mountain. You walk up, you walk east of Laodicea, and you're going to go up a mountain range, and that's where Colossi is. And then towards the north, you got this town, the city called Heropolis. Now, Heropolis is north, and it's not, you can see some elevation up there, but it's not quite at the top of the mountains, as high altitude as Colossi is. So, the, the likelihood, uh, like, let, let me bring it home a little bit on this next slide. Check this out. So, here is a slide of, this is a map of Lynchburg, where my church is based. So we click here, you see this rectangle here, this red rectangle, this is Lynchburg. Now, approximately 11 miles, 10 to 11 miles to the east of Lynchburg is, is this town right here. Now, in this town, this again, Colossi is 10 miles east of Laodicea. Concord, 
is 11.8 miles east of Lynchburg. Now, approximately, I think it's 6.7 miles north of Lynchburg, you have this next town called uh, Monroe. Monroe, give or take five to seven miles north of the center of Lynchburg. And Concord is 11 miles from Lynchburg. That's the distance that Heropolis and Colossi was from, from Laodicea. Okay, now let's go back to this map. Here we go. So when we look at this next map here, all right, here's Laodicea in the brown. And if you go ahead and click, so 10 miles to the east, you have Colossi. And then and then nine, I mean five miles to the north, you have Heropolis. Now here's what you got to know about these towns. In Colossi up in the mountains, you had these, of course, snow, ice. And it was known, Colossi is known for its cold water. So it's got, you got cold water from Colossi. And so since it was elevated, that water would be piped down. It would come down, melting down from the mountain. And by the time it got to Laodicea, it was cold. Now, what does cold water do? I'm in Texas. I like really ice cold water because in Texas it's hot. So cold water brings refreshing. I hope y'all rocking with me. So Colossi has the cold water because the ice melts and it comes down. Heropolis was like uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas. What, what Heropolis had, were, it was known for its, its hot water bath, its, its hot water springs. And so people would go who had ailments would go and travel to Heropolis to get healing, they would take those mineral, because the hot water is rich in minerals, they would go there, there and get hot water. But in order to get to Heropolis, in order to get to Colossae, you had to go through Laodicea. And so these waters sometimes will be piped down. So what Jesus is saying, yo, I'm talking to y'all Laodiceans, that you are neither hot nor cold. They knew the value of hot water and cold water. Hot water heals. Cold water brings refreshing. And he's saying like, and so by time some of this water would meet that's being piped down from Laodicea, I mean from, from Colossae and piped down from, from uh, Heropolis, they, the waters would mix and they would be lukewarm, which was disgusting. And it had no value. So when Jesus is telling the Colossians that they're not hot, healing, or they're not cold, refreshing, he's saying here is a church that's supposed to be healing people. Here is a church that's supposed to be refreshing people. And you're lukewarm. You're not doing either one. He's not saying I wish you were for me against me. He's saying, hey, I want you all to be a church that's bringing healing to a people. I want you to be a church that's bringing refreshing to people, and you're not bringing either one. You are not serving your purpose. Oh, snap. That's what he's saying. 
So I say to you, are you serving your purpose? Are you being healing? Are you bringing healing to a group of people? Are you bringing refreshing to a group of people? As sick as this world is, as this world, it, it seems to be just inundated with things that bring sickness to it. Sin brings sickness. And are you bringing healing? Are you bringing hope? Are you bringing refreshing? So I got these questions. Um, let's go ahead and click through again. So this is just a review to see if you got it. How far was Colossians from? Eight, 11 miles, uh, 10 miles. How far was Heropolis? Five miles. What was the purpose? Colossae had cold water. Heropolis had hot water spring. This is supposed to be healing. So I got a few questions for you. I got a few questions here to help you see if you're really healing. Uh, question number one. Question number one is this. Uh-oh. I need to bring my notes up. Here we go. What are you producing for God? What is it that you are producing for God? I love Pastor Tuck and Pastor Steph and how they're producing uh, this content online that that is helping us kingdom build, that, it, that is helping you uh, become in touch with the community, to bringing God's word to you. What are you producing? What? Do you think I'm just asking the question just to ask the question? No, I really want you to answer it. In your mind, what are you producing? What is it that you're producing for God? What is it that you're creating? Who are you discipling? If Jesus said, hey, this is the great mission, the great commission is to go there for and make, make disciples, teaching them to observe whatever things I've taught you. Who are you teaching what Jesus has taught? Who? What lifestyle should you be living? Is God calling you to live a certain way? And you Are you living that way? What relationships are you supposed to be mending? What relationship are you supposed to be helping bring healing to? What word should you be giving? Is God giving you something to say to a group of people, to a country, to a world? Is God giving you a message, the gospel, that you should be getting out to the whole world? Here's the thing. The Bible says we should be making a worldwide impact. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, after you receive the Holy Spirit, then you will be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the remote parts of the world. You're supposed to be impacting the entire globe. How are you doing that? You're like, I don't get on a plane. Are you praying? Are you strategically praying? Do you get out a map and pray for the whole world? You're supposed to be healing, bringing healing to the world. How are you doing that? Not just your city. If you're doing it in your city, great. If you're doing it in your neighborhood and your household, great. But God wants you to be impacting the entire world. How? What are you doing to become a better Christian? How can people become better Christians? How are you bringing relief to others? You know, right now we, we're in this mental health crisis. What are you doing to bring... Is you know this stuff like as stress is coming out on the in the world a lot and certain things are being stressful. What are you doing to bring refreshing to the world? And last question is how 
are you reaching the world? It says reach. How are you reaching the world? Let's get more to, 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 to Laodicea. Because here's what you got to know about Laodicea. Laodicea was a banging town. And Jesus is jabbing them. He says this. Let's look at. Let's look back in the text. Um, verse 16. He says because you are lukewarm. And neither hot nor cold. I'll vomit you out of your mouth. Out of my mouth. He's saying you're not serving your purpose. But then he says this. L listen, listen to this, man. Ooh, I hope you grab a Bible right quick and, and look at this verse, verse 17. Here's a jab. He's saying, man, because you say I'm rich and I have become wealthy, I have no need of anything. Jesus says, man, the amen, the faithful true witness. He's like, yo, I ain't lying to you. Because you have become rich and because you have become wealthy, you have said, I have no need of anything. Let me, let me, let me explain to you. I'm a, check this out. Check out what Laodicea had. They were known for their wool. Not just any wool. They were known for having black wool. So I just got a few pictures of, of wool here. Like, they, I mean, like, like, yeah, look at, look at this. Look at these wool coats, these wool jackets, man. They had, they had this stuff. Not only that. But look at this next slide. What is this? This is, they were known for their medical uh, technological advances. You have all of these technological advances. <laughs> they, they were known for their eye medicine. If you were blind or having eye trouble, you were going to go to Laodicea to get them eye medicine. In fact, if they came out with, check this out. This is what we have. We have this journal, USA Today. Of the USA News, they normally say this. Go ahead and click this. They come out with this journal, the best medical schools. If they had a Middle Eastern medical journal of the best, the best uh, medical schools in the Middle East, Laodicea would be on the top of the list. Their optometry school, their optometry, optometrical advances were bar none. They also were very wealthy because they had gold in this town. They were known for their gold. Go ahead and click. So I got these two pictures. So, so they were, they man, they had all these clothes. Imagine, imagine Laodicea, you go into a city. They got the best medical school, the best medical field. They got the best shopping malls, the best clothes. They got the Saks Fifth Avenue, the Neiman Marcuses. So you know when there's a Neiman Marcus, a Saks Fifth Avenue, medical school, doctor, you know, and banks, that is a pretty doggone good neighborhood. That, that, so they were rich. They had great wealth. And when you have great wealth and great rich, riches, they have said they don't, they don't need anything. They're rich. They had great wealth. Go ahead and click, click. They had they rich, great wealth. They had no need for anything. But look on the other side of this chart here. Here's what Jesus says. He says, because you say I'm rich, I've become wealthy, I have no need for anything. You do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. 
you think y'all you think you rich and i'm saying y'all raggedy the faithful witness said you say that you got what you want and i'm telling you 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 think that you're comfortable but jesus is saying that you're miserable you saying that you're rich jesus is saying the faithful and true witness the one who knows everything you ain't rich you're poor you think that all of y'all got the good eye medicine? I'm telling you that you're blind. You got the best clothes? I'm telling you, you're naked. That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus flipped the script. He says, everything that you think you are, you are the complete opposite. You ain't rich, you poor. You ain't got the good clothes, you naked. You, you don't got the good eye medicine. In fact, you're blind. This is a cold-blooded jab, man. He said, man, you got great toils and troubles. And then he says this. Let's go to the next slide. Great toils and troubles. And he says this in this jab. You think y'all got all of it. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire. He said, y'all think y'all got the good gold? Buy my gold from me. Refined by fire. That you may become rich. Buy my gold so that you can become rich. Y'all think y'all got all the investment. You buying gold and selling it. You becoming rich. Buy my gold so you become rich from the faithful and true witness, Jesus says. He says in white garments. Get your white garments from me. So that you can clothe yourself from your nakedness. So that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. One thing you got to understand about people who have status, especially when it comes to wealth and riches, they don't want to be exposed for being poor. And what Jesus says is, you better get my white garments or you're going to be exposed. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put your naked self on blast. Get your clothes from me. And that the shame of your neck is will not be revealed. Then he says this, verse 18, last part. And your eye salve to apply to your eyes so that you may see. Get your eye medicine from me. I know y'all got great eye medicine, but I'm telling y'all, get your eye medicine from me. You think you can see, but you really can't. You got four eyes and you still can't see. Remember that joke? Jesus is saying to these folks, I want to make you wealthy. I want to clothe you, give you great clothes, spiritually speaking. And I want you to be able to see. And then he tells them to jump. He give that's the jab from Jesus, but now he's giving them this jump. What is the jump to eagerly Get, enter into this activity. He's calling them to action now. He says in verse 19, those who I love, I rebuke and discipline. He says, man, I love y'all. Look what it says. I love you and I rebuke you. What is love? I wouldn't if I didn't show you your flaws, I didn't. I wouldn't love you. Loving you is putting you on blast. 
telling it like it is. You can't say that you love somebody and you let them live a sinful life and don't ever say anything. So that's why that, that's why it trips me out right now. It's like, man, well, I just love this person, so I'm gonna accept whatever they want to identify themselves as. Yo, that's not really love. That's you being all in your feelings and just want to accept whatever. But Jesus is like, I'm not accepting whatever from y'all. I will not because I love you. And because I love you, I'm going to rebuke you. I'm going to train you. And he says this. Here it is. Here's the jump. Be zealous and repent. Be zealous and repent. He want, Be zealous means to be excited. Get fired up about your faith. Don't allow the world to cause you to think that your faith is boring. That I love uh, there's there's this there's this um, this line that the truth says in in his song Incredible. He says, "How can you be so borderlined and bored out of your mind when we're discussing the God who turned water into wine?" How can you be so borderline and bored out of your mind when we discuss the God who turns the water into wine? Yes, probably things that you in your diet. There were things that I wanted to eat, but I couldn't afford to die. Afford to die. In other words, he's saying because you're taking in the wrong stuff in your mind, then Jesus becomes boring. So if the Christian faith is born to you, you probably have an entertainment diet or a mental diet that is not of God and is spoiling your spiritual appetite. And what Jesus is saying is be zealous, be excited. If you're not excited about the eternal truth of God, then something is going on with you. You're reading and taking in the wrong stuff. Shift your diet. That's why David says, man, I delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Get excited about the Lord's love letters, about the word of God. I call this disruptions because they're magically delicious. So be zealous. Make sure you're taking in the right thing. And then he says, repent. Change your mindset. Repentance doesn't mean confess. Confessing is when you tell the Lord that you're sorry. Repentance is a turn change of direction. Let's say you're going this way and you realize you're wrong. You're like, you know what? I need to change. I'm doing it, going, going this way. Change. Repent. Stop doing the sinful things that you do. What is it that you need to be doing better? Change. Repent. Then he gets into these last things and this jump. The jump means... To be zealous, get into action being zealous, and repent. And then go to this next slide, to the jump. Look at what this says. Hear God's voice and open your heart. Verse 20 says, listen to this, y'all. He says, behold, I stand at the door. I stand at the door and knock. Notice he doesn't say, I stand at the door with the SWAT team and bust your door down. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. 
And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, it's possible for you to hear God speaking to you right now, but don't open up your heart. It's possible for you to hear me telling you, man, you need to change your diet. You need to change the things that you take in because God's word, this Christianity thing is born to you. And you hear that, that resonates with your heart, but you don't do anything. Jesus says, yo, I stand at the door and knock, and if anybody hears me and opens the door, I'll come in and I'll chill with you. I will, I will dine with you. Notice Jesus doesn't say, I'm going to come in and I'm going to rip your house apart. I'm going to Bordeaux stuff. They're like, no, I'm going to come down and sit down with you. And I'm going to begin to graciously show you some things that you need to change. Do you hear God speaking to you? Just I don't, just, I don't know what he's going to say. I don't know what my house is done. Jesus don't care how junk. He knows your house is junky. That's why he's knocking on the door. He knows you can't clean it up. That's why he's knocking on your door. Because he wants your house clean. He wants your heart clean. But you can't clean your heart by yourself. In fact, trying to clean your stuff up is like clean washing yourself with a, some dirt soap. The more you use it, the dirtier you get. Jesus wants to clean you. He wants to clean your heart. He's just like, just let me in. He says this, the one who overcomes, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also overcame and sat with my father on his throne. It's like, yo, if you let me in, through Jesus, your sin, you overcome your sinfulness, your sin sickness. He said, yo, you overcome, you're going to sit with me in heaven. Heaven can be your home. And I love what Jesus says right here in this next verse. He said, he who has an ear, let him hear. If you hear what I'm saying, respond. If you desire to follow Jesus, respond. If you hear what I'm saying right now, you hear what Jesus is saying to your heart right now, respond. Have you truly been born again? Have you truly overcome your sin? And if you think you can overcome your sin by yourself, you are deceived. The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Death, separation from God forever, for eternity. But the free gift of God is eternal life. You can't clean your own sinfulness up. Only Jesus can. And if you accept Jesus, if you trust in Jesus, allow Jesus to come into your heart. Open the door for him to come into your life. Surrender to him. Then he cleans you up. So I want to offer that to you right now. I, I want to talk to somebody else too. But if you right now, if you haven't accepted Christ in a few seconds, in a few moments, we're going to put up a, a, a number, some a way that you can, you if you really want to truly want to accept Christ, we want to walk you through that. I'll lead you in a prayer right quick, but no, it's not you repeating a prayer that really saves you. It's Christ and Christ alone. 
But to and, and, and the second person I really want to make a call to is that Christian who's truly a follower of Jesus. You know that your sins have been forgiven. You know that your name is written in heaven. But my question to you, are you a Laodicean? Are you bringing healing like hot water does? Are you bringing refreshing? Or are you lukewarm? You're not bringing refreshing and healing to people. What are you going to do? Yo, just change your diet. Get fired up about who God is and what God's vision is for the body of Christ, for the church. And then just say, you know what? God, I'm going to pick somewhere that you're doing some work and I'm going to get to it. I don't even gonna think. I'm just going, like Henry Blackaby says, says, when you see God at work, join him. You don't got to have a ministry plan all together. See somebody who's doing some ministry work and you join them. So, if you have not trusted Christ as your personal savior, I want you to repeat this after me. Dear God, I am a sinner. I do not deserve anything. I deserve to die and go to hell. But I believe that you sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. And so God, I'm saying because Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, please forgive me for my sins. I'm announcing that Jesus is my Lord right now, that he's the only one who can pay for my sins. I'm trusting him as my savior. So save me, Lord. I confess that I am now your child and I will live as Jesus is my Lord saying no to sin. And allowing Jesus to be my boss. In Jesus' name, amen. Yo, so if you've done that, we'd love for you to contact us here at My Church. You can go to the My Church um, website. Just go to the uh, church website, which is right here on your screen. If you've prayed that prayer today. Or you're looking just to, to be a part of My Church home. like Because here are some people who are hot and who are cold. And they're doing ministry. So go to the website, lovemychurch.org. Now, also, are you willing to join? We're like, so you may maybe not a member here, but you're like, you know what? I want to connect. I'm going to call him right now. I'm going to call, look on the website, call this number, and I'm going to just be a part of my church. So if you're not, join, join them. Not even my membership, by just sowing the seed. Like, you know what? I'm going to put five on it. I'm going to be a blessing to y'all. I'm gonna, I see what you're doing, my church. I see y'all putting on this channel. I got this app. And so I want to be a blessing to y'all. I'm going to join God in what he's doing. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be a part. I see God using my church. And I know that this investment, this seed that I'm going to sow will actually help me impact the world. You can impact the world right now by sowing a seed into my church, by just giving financially. Because I tell you, when you give to my church, you're giving to some water that's going to help heal somebody. Or you're giving to some water that's going to help refresh somebody. Yo, I'm Jason Earls. Make sure you tune in here at my church channel consistently for some amazing content. God bless you. You go be hot. You go be warm. Open the door when you hear his voice. And don't harden your heart. I'm Jason Earls. And for my church, God bless you all.
Peace. At my church, we help people get better by teaching them how the word works. And we want to make sure there is no excuse not to get the word. It's our goal to make all of our ministries accessible on every smartphone, tablet, PC, and television connected to the internet. So whether you're a man who needs some wisdom, a woman who needs some encouragement, or a couple who needs guidance, the My Church channel has just what you need. Simply search for the My Church channel on Roku, Fire Stick, or Apple TV, or visit MyChurchChannel.org. You can also download the My Church On The Go app from Apple or Google Play App Store. Constantly on the move? Check out the Word At My Church podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Or simply download the Word At My Church skill on your Alexa-enabled device. But whatever you do, make sure to stay connected. See you soon.